Show me the money. Jerry Maguire became a film all about an Arizona Cardinal. I remember walking in on my, my visit and thinking like, oh, this really is the set. Oh, this really is a locker room. Like, I, I had no idea. They literally had uh, an X mark on, on the field, and they just kept bringing more and more guys out there. Give me another take, another take, another take. We didn't know that it was going to become what it ultimately became. I think it did put us on the map and, and certainly made our, our logo and our brand more recognizable throughout the world. And after its worldwide release, Jerry Maguire, who never made a Cardinals roster because that's not the name of a player, a coach, or even an executive. It's a movie featuring global superstars who won an Oscar and a Golden Globe with movie quotes that still live to this day. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I was just shocked at how that phrase, show me the money, just took off. Film that I think has so many one-liners, you know, show me the money and help me help you and, you know, all the different things uh, that came out of that. You complete me. You had me at hello. Hello and welcome to Cardinals Folktales. Cards Go Hollywood, presented by SeatGeek where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes through the recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case, those who covered it. My name is Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter, and the year was 1995. Filming had started on what would become a Hollywood blockbuster, starring Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., and the Arizona Cardinals. I had to reenact it, it was just, it was too easy. It was kind of neat to be able to go watch where I go to work every day on the big screen. I remember a few times actually standing there like <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. In December of 1996, theaters debuted a romantic comedy, a drama, and a feel-good sports film all in one. Written, produced, and directed by Cameron Crowe, Jerry Maguire was inspired by sports agent Lee Steinberg and his then client, Cardinal Safety, Tim McDonald, as they navigated NFL free agency. Here's McDonald on being contacted by Crow in 1993. My agent at the time wanted me to go to uh, the owners meeting back in uh, Palm Springs to meet some of the owners, uh, get familiar with the whole free agency process. And um, just so happened to got a call from Cameron Crow who was writing the film, Jerry Maguire. And he said he wanted to follow me around for a couple of days and kind of go through the whole free agency experience. Um, and that's kind of where it all started at, right there in Palm Springs. And, and I had Cameron Crowe follow me around a little bit and we were able to talk about that whole process. And uh, lo and behold, the movie popped up out of it. But what about a movie set? Well, what about the latest, greatest team facility in the NFL? The movie Jerry Maguire really resulted of somebody at the Arizona Office of Tourism thinking ahead, doing a little research, calling up my father and, and my dad giving him a tour. That's Michael Bidwell, current Cardinals owner, but at the time, he was working as an assistant U.S. attorney in downtown Phoenix, and he would meet his father, then Cardinals owner Bill Bidwell, for regular lunches. At one of those lunches, he shares with me that Cameron Crowe was in town, and he's with the Arizona Office of Film, so they knew that he was coming out with this movie about an NFL football player who was supposed to be a Philadelphia Eagle, and they decided, hey, 
what about the Cardinals training facility? So they called my father and asked, can we bring Cameron Crow down to see this training facility? Because at the time it was the most modern training facility in the National Football League. And let's just say the director and decision maker was more than impressed. So Crow gets here, he's blown away by it, and apparently right there decided this player wasn't gonna be an Eagle, he was gonna be a Cardinal. The film had a $50 million budget, but it did not have a home field, a primary location to shoot yet. They just wanted the training facility for a period of weeks and agreed to put up all the, you know, paper on the windows so nobody could look out. He, he told everybody shades closed, we're putting paper on the window, the whole thing and no visitors, because they knew that Tom Cruise was gonna be here and be in it. Hey, Tom Cruise? Well, it turns out it was a one-two punch of A-listers, along with a young Cuba Gooding Jr. I remember at the time my favorite movie was Boys in the Hood, and I remember being crazy about Cuba Gooding. That's my guy, and I was shocked he was the character. Sure enough, he became the, the show me the money guy. You know, he became that guy in the Cardinal uniform. Tim McDonald is talking about Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, Rod Tidwell, but the me in show me the money is actually McDonald based on his free agency in 1993 and talking with four teams, the Cardinals, Bucks, Eagles, and the team he eventually signed with, the Niners. I remember being a little frustrated and you know, having to go through all this process and wanting to get it over real quick. And uh, I remember talking to my agent and telling him, hey, you know, let's kind of get this, this thing done. At some point in time, someone needs to show me some money. And uh, da -da, that's how that phrase was born. Uh, it kind of turned it into what he turned it into. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Congratulations, you're still my agent. <laughs> Those of us who have been free agents do want to see the money and, and, and you know going from team to team and not getting offered offer a contract that you think is legit um, is something that's commonplace. That's former Cardinal Rob Moore, who was a star NFL receiver at the time, and the player the Rod Tidwell character was loosely based on, right down to both wearing number 85. Really just, you know, trying to school him off on how to carry himself as A, as a, as a wide receiver, as a professional football player, stance, start, you know, all those kind of things that, you know, just the basics that you need to know uh, to even pull something like that off. I think the storyline is more meaningful to me than it's Rob Moore, you know, and it's Cuba playing Rob, and then a couple of weeks, you know, later you see a GQ magazine, and Cuba and Rob is like next to each other, and they look almost identical in a lot of mannerisms. But it certainly wasn't all magazine covers to start. On the very first day of uh, shooting, Cuba Gooding went down with a knee injury. That's longtime Cardinals trainer John Omohundro. At first, it was really painful for him, and some of that can be attributed to the fear of shutting down the production and, you know, envisioning surgery and doing all that sort of thing. He felt a lot better after being seen by the physician. And, getting uh, uh, some x-rays. We called in our x-ray guy and he took the films. Basically had a first degree sprain and I believe it of the MCL. Well, with Cuba Gooding's sideline, what's the old saying, the show must go on? And Rob Moore couldn't believe the lengths to which they went. Enter stunt doubles. They literally had 
uh, an X mark on, on the field. They had some linebacker or defenders, and then they had offensive players. The offensive players were running to the X, catching the ball, and the defenders were trying to hit him as hard as they could. So I'm standing there watching it, and I mean, these guys are getting teed off on. And I'm just sitting there like, these guys better be getting paid a lot of money because I must see two or three guys get concussed and they just kept bringing more and more guys out there. Give me another take, another take, another take. And I was just, I, that, was, that was impressive. And let's just say that actual Cardinal players at the time would not be performing their own stunts because no, the team would never go for that. But if you wanted screen time and a cameo. They had a tent set up outside. Some of the guys were invited to come up and uh, be extras. I chose not to do that, but um, I saw a bunch of the stuff around, but tried not to be distracted by that as much as I possibly could. And as the temperatures rose during an Arizona summer, so did the degree of difficulty in shooting scenes with snow. Michael Bidwell. Many of the scenes that were in Philadelphia at the old vet were not at the vet. They built a fake green wall out here on our field number one, put in fake snow, and they had all the players in heavy jackets and they're, they're filming it here in Arizona. And what dad tells me is that, you know, they were dropping like flies out there. These guys just wanted to shoot their scenes and get out of these jackets because it was so hot. One day we came out to the practice field and they had this little scene up. On practice field one, on the left side of the field, they had this board that was shaped like, uh, like snow, but it was like this big old white board in the back and they had this white foam on the ground and then they had this, you know, like just stuff that looked like it was Philadelphia Eagles signs in the back. And that to me, I thought, you know, that's, you look props on the backside. Former Cardinals receiver Frank Sanders. And while most of the filming was done during downtimes at the Cards facility, there were a few occasions where the sports locker room met the Hollywood green room. So we're coming in and at this window of time, I'm sitting in my locker room and I'm walking back toward the toward the restroom area, shower area, hot tub area, and I could see that, you know, Tom's in there, and I knew it was him based upon his hair and his style. He looked over and said, hey, but that, you know, he just kind of washed his hand and turned out, turned and went the other way out. And uh, it's like seeing a shooting star. You wish upon, and then you just don't get that wish. That's kind of what it felt like to me, watching him come in and then go out the other way. Other parts of Jerry Maguire were filmed around Arizona, including the Cardinals' home field, Sun Devil Stadium. In particular, Monday Night Football, Christmas 1995. TV and movie cameras were there that night, although it left some fans seeing double. Here's longtime Cardinals producer, Jim Omohundro. I look and I see Rob Moore in the North Tunnel. Kind of on the way to the locker room, he keeps going in and out of the tunnel with a whole bunch of cameras around him, waving to fans, high-fiving, then he goes back down, then he comes back out, goes back down, and he comes back out. I'm like, what in the world is Rob Moore doing in the tunnel while the rest of the guys are on the field warming up? Then I look over at the wide receivers and there's 85 more on the field. And I am thoroughly confused at this point. I look at my binoculars and I look toward the North Tunnel again. I look closer and it says Tidwell on the back of the jersey. And at this point, we had no clue that they were filming a movie. And I'm like, what on earth is going on here? Yeah, and turns out several scenes from that game were included in the final cut of the film. And Rob Moore says that's what separates it from many other sports movies. We've seen some of the, some of the other movies in the past that 
you know, that you watch and you're like, that's just not, that's just not realistic. Uh, you know, I thought they did a great job of, uh, of trying to uh, project real football moments into that movie that, that were relatable. You know, I'm happy to, that I was there to be kind of um, somewhat of a representative. I think I have a clip in the movie that's pretty famous and you know, I'm proud of that. People actually come up to me from time to time and say, hey, I saw you in Jerry Maguire. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Still waiting on my check. That's Lurie Centers, and it's not like the Big Red made big money, at least not to hear the players tell it. Although, Tim McDonald did get a few checks. There were some residual checks. They started out like, you know, you can see a check for 400 and something bucks for the first maybe three times in a year. Then it went down to 200 bucks. Then it went down to 20 bucks. And then they started coming in at 19 cents. And over the time, you know, you're getting checks for a penny. And the problem is when I filed my taxes, if I moved, I had to chase down those W-2s. Actually, it came from the SAG, and I, I was having trouble with my taxes because they didn't send them to me, and I had to go find out, hey, where, where is this, this, these things located for tax purposes? Taxes. Now, that's real world. And while some parts of Jerry Maguire were definitely realistic, other scenes, not so much, especially Rod Tidwell celebrating. Let's just say in a real game, it would be more than excessive celebration. You'd be flagged up and fined up. Tidwell was interacting with the crowd a whole lot more than, than is practical in real life. You would never see me out there doing, uh, you know, cartwheels and backspins and things like that after a touchdown. So quite sure they took some liberties in, in regards to that. Again, that's Rob Moore preceded by Larry Centers. And speaking of these two, when a teammate has a Hollywood movie character loosely based on his likeness, that guy is going to take some grief. Right, Larry? I've actually thought about that before. Rob, hey, man, can you make plays like, like Tidwell? You know, hey, man, we need you. <laughs> so no, we gave him a hard time about it. We used to call him Tidwell a little bit. You know, my players want to talk about it all the time. You know, I had uh, uh, you know, Michael Crabtree used to always walk into the meeting room and say, show me the money. You know, that was, that was, his, that was his introduction to the meeting for the day. So I've heard that, I don't know, 500 times. And that phrase, show me the money, it's been heard on a loop since, what, 1996 to the present day. And to this day, the guy who inspired the phrase is still mystified. Tim McDonald, what's behind the staying power. I have no idea. I, I guess it's, it's a catchy phrase. Now, my words exactly wasn't show me the money. It was show me some money. And it kind of turned into show me the money, which, you know, I don't know how much of a difference there is, but it, it did stick for a while. And I got excited about it when it first happened. Um, as time passed, I thought it would fade away and then the next new saying would come out, but stuck around for a while and people still use it. You know, I still hear people saying it and I kind of smile. My wife hears it every now and then and she's like, there, show me the money. Yep, there's show me the money, the catchphrase. And then there's show me the set. All the questions that longtime trainer John Omohundro would get every year from the new players. Some of the players that had seen the movie would ask about uh, how big was Tom Cruise or is Cuba Gooding a good guy? You know, they, they were just naturally curious about it. There's some that had really paid attention to it and, uh, and uh, watched it and had questions. Show me the money. Congratulations, you're still my agent. <laughs> 
That's Bertrand Berry, former Cardinals Pro Bowl pass rusher. B-Train saw the movie while a star college player at Notre Dame. The funny thing about it was that was my junior year in college, 96. Like, I was actually about to go into that whole situation. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, wow, is it really like that? Like, is, is that how it's, it goes down? Because, you know, that was going to be me in like six months. Okay, now, fast forward to 2004, and for Bertrand Berry, life imitates art, as he is now a highly sought-after free agent, and Bertrand takes a tour of Cards HQ. I remember thinking, wow, this is exactly the movie set. Like, they didn't change anything. Like, this was exactly the complex as it was. The lockers, the, the bathroom, I mean, I remember a few times actually standing there like <laughs> Cuba <Kubrick> Jr. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know that that's just one of those where I had to I had to reenact it. it. It was just it was too easy. All right, Bertrand, hang on. Which scene are we talking about? Do tell, or maybe we shouldn't ask. You know that that's when he's butt naked, right? And you know he's like uh, the, the help me help you and. He's like, you know, no contract, I'll help you, help me help you, okay, all right. You know, and, and uh, of course I'd have to be, you know, undressed to do that. So, you know, we, we're not gonna go there today. This is a family program. Can't beat Tom Cruise, and can't beat Cuba Gooding at that time. So I thought he did a good job. I thought Cameron did a great job of it of putting all those pieces together. The story was a really good story, and it was about fighting through adversity and relationships and everything else. I think the plot was pretty good. You know, I had seen some, you know, sports movies before that, you know, I was never really interested in sports movies because they ended up kind of being dull, but um, I, I thought, you know, getting getting guys like Tom Cruise and all the athletes that they got and, 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 and Cuba Gooding really, you know, set the stage for it to, to, to be one of the better sports movies out there. And I, I think they, they achieved that goal. Once again, that's former card safety Tim McDonald and Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell. And they're not wrong. Jerry Maguire got an Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Cuba Gooding Jr. won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. And Tom Cruise won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Even today, though, questions remain. Why the Arizona Cardinals? Well, be sure to add the name of late owner Mr. B to the credits. Contrary to popular belief, um, he was all for doing innovative things and fun things. He loved the idea of it, and uh, so it was a, a terrific experience, and to be able to be a part of that um, was exciting. And what about former receiver Rob Moore, number 85, in real life. Well, when you bring up Jerry Maguire, he thinks of the Hollywood version of himself and the man who brought that character to life. I think of Cuban Gooding Jr. That's what I think of, you know. In the time that I got to spend with him, um, I, had, I got a lot of uh, undue adulation uh, for really doing nothing and just being a part of a movie. Of course, it was a top 10 grossing film of 1996, earning over $270 million worldwide on its $50 million budget. And it was also a win for the Arizona Cardinals, who've kept the door open on a sequel. We do it again in a heartbeat. If they ever do a uh, Jerry Maguire part two, we'll be there to sign up and we'll make sure we'll have a bigger preview party this time around, because now that we've done it once, we'll do it again bigger. And there you have it, 
that moment in history when the Cardinals took a walk on the big red carpet for Jerry Maguire. And what happens when you see your team on the silver screen? That's Cardinals Folktales, Cards Go Hollywood, presented by SeatGeek. For producer Jim Omohundro, I'm Paul Calvisi. Remember, you can't spell history without the word story. And we hope you had your popcorn ready for this one.